Hi again, everyone. This is Tim along with Matt Empt as we bring you the football show here on RadioMVP.com. Episode number three, as uh, we got a lot of football to talk to about this weekend. Uh, big wrap-up show in a lot of ways, Matt. Uh, you and I had two games and this Thursday and Friday on Z104. And then a lot of high school football action. Very important action as we get closer to the computer rankings and heading towards... Uh, week 10, as we have, believe it or not, have been through eight weeks of the high school football season. And then we got to get into the collegiate level where some great upsets happened this past weekend. And also the NFL. So, started. Let's talk about our games. Uh, amazing. Uh, we had two uniquely different games. First on Thursday night, we've seen the Holland Tigers show their strength as they uh, they won 42-3. to yeah, uh, you know, we've had the luck of seeing them three times this year. And uh, to Coach Dominenda's happiness, every time we've done their game, they've won. Um, each time that we saw them play, they have, in my opinion, and I know you said you felt the same way, they have gotten better as a team. They have gelled more. They're playing as a much more cohesive unit. Uh, I think they are peaking at the right time, which is, you know, right before the playoffs. Uh, they need to do that because next week, well, now this week, they have a huge game against undefeated Canfield, and that is the game of the year for them right now and actually could be, you know, make or break time for making the playoffs. Oh, yeah, there's no question about it. They with- – you know, I have to agree with, you know, what you were stating earlier is that we both stated that this is one of the teams that we can definitely look at that has improved uh, each and every week. Like you said, we the three times we've seen them, we've seen remarkable difference in the team and how they're playing. But they're 6-2. and two. Well, they have the opportunity. They probably – well, we'll get into that a little bit later here as we get into it. But then our second game uh, this week was a, a really a terrific game. I mean, we've seen some good ones this year. This may be the best one we've seen the first eight weeks of the season between Hubbard and Struthers as Struthers come away with the uh, the victory and uh, a lot of a lot of ebbs and flows in this game. I can't wait to people hear the the scoreboard show and hear the highlights from this show. Yeah, uh, it, it was really for me without a doubt so far this year my top game we've done. Uh, of course, we've had some good games so far. Uh, the closest one to it was the JFK LeBray game, which went in overtime and was won in overtime basically the same way that this game was won with 17 seconds left with an interception on a drive. So, uh, you know, a lot of heartbreak in the game. I think another reason this was bigger for me was because the teams, in my opinion, were, are both better than JFK and LeBray are. So it, it, we saw better athletes on the field. We saw better gameplay. Uh, you know, it being at the point it is of the year where everyone's jockeying for playoff positions, they're playing even harder. Uh, Hubbard just, you know, seemed to have an answer for everything Struthers did. And uh, for Struthers to finally, you know, come up big with that amazing goal line stand at the end of the game and finished off with that interception to ice it uh, as, as heartbreaking as it was for Hubbard and how bad I felt for those kids and, and the long ride they had ahead of them back to Hubbard. 
uh, I was also just as excited for Struthers and, and their fans and players for, you know, winning a game like that. I've been involved in some games like that in my lifetime. And, uh, you know, winning is amazing, but winning in a game like that where you're trading punches back and forth and you win on just an amazing play with no time left, there's nothing that feels better. So uh, hats off to both teams, but Struthers, you know, they're looking strong right now going into the playoff season. Oh, there's no question. I thought they played a uh, really a thorough game. I mean, the only weakness we can talk about with Struthers that was glaring is the lack of a kicking game um, in, the, in a sense for extra points or field goal situations, which uh, they scored three touchdowns and ended up going for two each and every time, mm-hmm. uh, converting one out of the three opportunities on a two-point conversion be the sticking thorn that they have to deal with the you know as they move forward here trying to get to the playoffs and then hopefully um make a run into the playoffs yeah you hit the nail on the head tim i mean when you're having the opportunity to go into the postseason and you do not have a kicking game to depend on you know as well as i do defenses get so much better in the playoffs Uh, You're coming up against teams, you know, either yours or someone else's whose defense is going to end up being the tipping point for winning the state championship. And if you can't put it in the end zone, but you're in the red zone and you don't get anything out of it, you're going to end up coming short and you, you lose once in the playoffs and it's one and done. So I don't know. We should have asked. I just thought, you know, I would love to know what the situation is if the kicker's hurt. Uh, if you know whatever, I would like to know in the in the future. But um, yeah, that that could end up really being a huge hindrance for them when it gets tighter in the year. One of the players that ended up being one of our uh, MVPs for the game was uh, Nick Adams and what he brought to the Wildcats throughout the game. Uh, you can't teach speed, as the old saying goes, and. Uh, you can't teach football all the time. You could teach football to a certain level, but some guys are just born to play and born to run. Oh yeah, he he is. I kept using the the phrase "lightning in a bottle," and unless people see clips of you know the game, and you're going to have to give me the link to get to that. I want to see some of these highlights. Uh, he was a phenomenal football player. You know, Davion Daniels, the quarterback for Hubbard, was absolutely phenomenal himself. Uh, Struthers really did not have an answer for him. They couldn't really stop him. He always seemed to, uh, you know, get out of multiple tackles. He slipped a couple times but got, you know, got up and and ended up getting something out of nothing. Uh, I – actually thought you know that he might score right at the end unless their defense uh, came up big and they did and that was you know the one time that they really needed to step up and stop him and and fortunately for Struthers they did uh, he was amazing he would have been our player of the game if uh, you know Hubbard would have won but Nick Adams was just lights out amazing he's one of the best football players i've seen in a long time Uh, i truly believe that he will be playing college football somewhere i don't know what level 
what offers he'll get. But he reminds me a lot of Dave Roberts, the, the great defensive back I played with at Youngstown State during the national championship years. And you remember, Tim, he was oh, yeah. amazing. He was lights yeah. out. Yeah. He yeah. could do it all. He played defensive back. I know he caught that big touchdown pass uh, in the playoff game. I mean, he was you know, Mr. Mr. Utility, and uh, he did so much for the Penguins back in that day. You're right. He was a uh, – and, and you're right, I think – has that potential to be that type of player for somebody at the next level. We'll see uh, what his uh, future holds about it. But more importantly, he has two more high school football games to play and then hopefully a playoff run uh, for the Wildcats. Speaking of the playoffs, let's take a look moving forward to the OS, OHSAA Division One Region One playoff bracket. Uh, St. Ignatius leads that. Matter of fact, the first seven teams have – Basically, control their own dense, uh, control their own uh, their own desire to get to the playoffs. Uh, four teams have clinched: Saint Ignatius, Manor, Canton, McKinley, and Euclid uh, have uh, have clinched. And then you have the other three who are basically control their own destiny about what they're going to do next. And that only leaves one spot open. And and Maslin Perry has it right now. And Ossetown Fitch is five and three at number ten with eleven point nine three. They got to get to Perry, who is at fifteen point one. It's not looking good in Division One, Region One for the for the Falcons, who had a big win this week as they took on Erie McDowell from uh, Pennsylvania and won twenty to nothing. Yeah, uh, they had a really big win. You were. Uh, curious about that because I believe you said a friend of your calls their games. Yeah. Matter of fact, yeah, he sent us highlights, and we're going to have that part of the scoreboard show. So Good. we have that uh, for those who uh, listen to our scoreboard show on RadioMVP.com. You want to check out Week 8 is we're going to have featured three games, highlights from three games. We'll have the Austintown Fitch foul game. We have the Niles McKinley and, of course, Howland game from Thursday night. And we have Friday night's game between Hubbard and uh, Struthers. So, well, a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of football highlights. I'm cutting it up as we speak and hope to have that out uh, sometime here in the next uh, couple of hours, hopefully. Well, so, you know, Tim, um, I think Fitch has I, – I think they have uh, Boardman and possibly Ursuline left. Is that who they have left? I believe you're right, yeah. So it's so, – Yeah, they need some help. They do. Matter of fact, let me uh, let me double check that since you brought it up. I can check it real quick. If they uh, can Austin beat Boardman, Boardman has tallied up some decent points. So that yeah, it's going to be a huge game for both teams. Uh, it is this week, uh, Matt. Boardman versus actually, they play Boardman and Cardinal Mooney. They, already, uh, they, Mooney. they have Mooney on the twenty uh, seventh, and they have Boardman on uh, this coming Friday. So uh, they're going to need that victory against Borman to have any chance. That Borman's going to have to continue actually uh, do their continue their winning ways to have a chance to continue on. Matter of fact, they moved up from seven to five in Region Seven in Division Two football for in the state of Ohio. Walnut Ridge from Columbus controls their own destiny, along with Maslin Jacks or excuse me, Maslin Washington. Uh, Borman comes in at fifth, and let's see, at number eight is Licking Heights, who one, one time shared that seventh spot with Borman. So Borman has moved up to uh, number five. 
If the playoffs began today, they would face Ashland in Ashland in the first round of the playoffs. So the Spartans continue to move up. The Spartans now at 12.1098 average. If you know, if you're wondering what I'm talking about, if you're not familiar with Ohio high school football, is they use computer rankings in each division. Division one, you know, you get you get first level points for any victory you have during the season, and then you get second level points for any team you defeated and that team schedule on the victories that they have. So you're rewarded for the strength of your opponent's schedules when you beat them. Uh, any loss does not count towards the computer only counting wins here so losses do not affect the computer points other than you get a zero for that week as you don't accumulate points but if you do win you'll accumulate level one points for sure and if they have any wins on their schedule you'll end up uh accumulating division or level two points and there's a level three points too but that's really going you know tie-breaking stuff yeah, and you know what, Boardman is also another team like Howland who has really come on strong. You know, they they were undefeated until uh, I believe week four when they met up with Steubenville and they lost their star running back to a blown out ACL. He um, was, I guess, the best offensive weapon they had, and they went on a three game losing streak. But ever since then, they have not looked back. Uh, we had them against Harding. That was a barn burner as well. They almost lost but came up big at the end to win, just almost exactly like they did against Ursuline last week, my alma mater, who looked like they were going to win the game. But uh, our MVP of the Boardman-Harding game, quarterback uh, O'Hara from Boardman, drove them right down the field and tied it up. They went into overtime, and Ursuline – blew a coverage and uh boardman took him out with a touchdown and uh you know boardman is just in my opinion coming on at the right time and they're looking strong and uh if they could keep playing the way that they're playing now they could you know potentially make it deep into the playoffs oh there's no question i like, I like their situation right now and we'll see how they uh, they react to it uh, moving on to Region 9 and Division 3, Canfield, maybe the best team in our area this year, Matt, uh, who is 8-0, leads that region with a 23.1750 rating. Uh, Buckeye from Medina is number two. Alliance is three. Talmadge is four. Notre Dame Cathedral uh, Latin. Cathedral Latin is five. East from Akron, and we were talking about them earlier. Akron East for, uh, I believe it was... They've only lost I one who was, game. Yeah, who 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 was on their schedule? Uh, Howland has them week ten at oh, home. Okay, that's what that's what I thought is Howland. They're seven and one, and they they sit at six here. And only other team is Howland, as we talked about them making a move. They are now at thirteen three with a nine point seven five. I'll be honest with you, it doesn't look good for the Tigers to make the playoffs this year. They're going to need that win against Akron. Have to win out and have some teams in front of them, maybe lose a few games where they don't accumulate any more points. And uh, it's going to be very, very uh, precarious for them. I'm not sure, looking at the standings right now at 13, that they can actually jump that many schools in front of them to get to the playoffs. Uh, Only two teams control their own destiny, and that is Canfield and Notre Dame Cathedral Latin. 
else is basically alive. And we'll have to wait and see how it, it all turns out. But just looking at the standings and where they they fall in right now, Holland at five and three is 13. And Chardon above them is at 11.78. So they're a full two points better than Howland in the computer standings. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? It will be hard for them to make it. It's definitely not out of the realm of possibilities. If they could beat Canfield, which you said Canfield's number one right now. Yeah. Um, oh, that'd be might, huge. That'd be monstrous. And then, you know, the wins, the secondary points from them. And then if they could beat Akron East, you know, and like you said, with other teams, other teams lose and, and they jockey up in position kind of, Kind of like, you know, what, what's happened this past week, as we'll touch on in college, you know, with like Penn State moving up to number two. You got people dropping out of the out of the top five, and those other teams get the slot. So it's definitely there, but They're I not agree. eliminated yet. So, you know, that's the good thing. And we'll I just agree. have to wait and see. But uh, yeah. look, moving on to Region 13 and Division 4, our black and blue uh, region here locally, where all our teams seem to be piled up. Uh, Steubenville is, has clinched a home game. They, they got the number one seed. They have a 25 rating. And number two, they've clinched a playoff spot. Uh, Lakeview comes in at number three, though, at seven and one with a 15.75. Right oh. now, they would have a home game. And Poland – Comes in at seven and one, who lost to Lakeview this week uh, with a fourteen point six eight seven five, and they and Gerard comes in at number five with an eleven point eight five zero zero, and all three of them control their own destiny. Meaning, if they can win out, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, all of those teams are extremely impressive. I, I love the fact that how well uh, represented our our area is right now in the Tri-County area. Um, you know, all three of those schools, Lakeview just coming off that monstrous win over Poland. Uh, Poland's still definitely one of the best teams. Uh, you know, Liberty we've seen twice and we'll get to see them in the last week of the season against their backyard rival uh, Gerard at Gerard, who is also considered one of the top three teams in the area, uh, still undefeated. Uh, Liberty is coming on at the right time for themselves too. So we could definitely possibly get a, a state champion out of that uh, division this year. And I am curious, Tim, um, is Lakeview and Canfield going to be playing in, in one of the last weeks? Uh, they played last week, this past week. Lakeview defeated Poland, 35 no, I, I said Canfield. Canfield. Oh, Canfield. I'm sorry. Uh, let me find out here. I believe Lakeview is uh, does not have them on the schedule. Poland. That would be a nice playoff game if they Poland has Poland has Canfield on week 10. Wow, that's a big yes, game. It's huge for both teams. Yeah. It's going to be, mm-hmm. again, that's why I call this the black and blue region. It has just about everybody. As I mentioned, Gerard, Poland, and Lakeview all control their own destiny. If they can win out, they're going to make the playoffs. Struthers comes in at number six. Uh, you and I got to see this past week. Uh, they have 11.65 uh, rating. And Canton South comes in at seven, and Cardinal Mooney comes in at number eight. 
Yeah, they that win that they got over Harding. Uh, they had you know Harding just. I feel terrible for those kids. They've had so many close games this year that they've come up on the on the raw end against Boardman. They lost at the very end. They just can't seem to finish against Boardman. They lost Mooney. They looked like they had a win. They literally were a minute away to win and they lost. And the same thing happened with them against Ursuline as well. Uh, they all three of those games, they just could not finish the fourth quarter. And it's a four quarter war. If you don't play all all the you know quarters as hard as you can you will lose uh, a la you know my Youngstown State team in 1992's national championship we went in at halftime 28 nothing we tied it up lost with the field goal uh, with hardly any time on the clock we didn't deserve the win we didn't play four quarters so same thing with Harding and uh, man you know Mooney you know day you say controlling your destiny that team controls it. If they can beat Ursuline in the Holy War this week, and then uh, with Austin Town Fitch. Yeah, Fitch, the last game of the year, they definitely will make it, in my opinion. Oh, there's no question. They definitely control their own destiny, not mathematically, because there's still other teams available who have opportunities. But right. I agree with you. They are in position. Uh, the Holy War this week between Ursuline and Mooney here in Youngstown is the uh, the matchup of the week in uh, to be a, a terrific game because of the rivalry. I know Ursuline's only won two games this year, but Ursuline's been competitive in so many games. They just not had the ball bounce their way like they did against Thursday night against Borman, uh, you know, where Borman was able to, you know, get to a second overtime and win it when they, like you mentioned earlier, a, a busted coverage and, you know, O'Hara found Forte in the end zone to uh, win the ball game for Borman. So we know Ursuline can play football. It's just this year the ball just has not bounced their way. However, as you mentioned many times before, and I'm sure you'll mention it right now, all will be forgiven if they can beat the Cardinal Mooney Cardinals this week. Yeah, as tough as a season it's been, you know, let's not forget Ursuline has one of the top five most difficult schedules in the entire state of Ohio. They do not play cream puffs. Week in, week out, they're playing teams who are ranked either in the top five or or top eight teams in the state. Majority of them are in the top five. So they have had a gauntlet of teams that are amazing football teams this year. Uh, Akron, Hoban, Maslin. Um, good night, baby. Uh, they've played, they're going to play Akron St. V's the final week of the year. Um, so, you know, yes, it's, it's an aberration this year for them to only have won two games. Um, some of them weren't were uncharacteristically, you know, out of their hands. They were not close, but uh, they've got great players. And, you know, when you have this huge rivalry, uh, you throw records out the window. You really do. And Ursuline kids are going to be hungry for a win. This could have many different ramifications for them. Not just like you said, you know, having a rough year. If you can beat Mooney being at Ursuline or vice versa, that makes up for quite a bit. But, um, you know, they could also, with a win over Moody, not only beat their hated rival, but possibly knock them out of the playoffs. So, uh, double whammy for them this week, and, and I wish them the best of luck. Looking now, moving on to uh, Division 5, Region 17. 
This is South Ranges region, who's uh, eight and zero, leading the as with an eighteen point nine seven five uh, computer average. Uh, their next closest on the computer average is Sullivan Black River, who is twelve point seven two. So they got a a full six point lead in the computer rankings, and they have clinched uh, their playoff spot. The number two through six all have control their own destiny, meaning if they can win out, they will make the playoffs. And the only other team on the verge of a playoff spot who needs to win out is LeBray. LeBray is at a 6.25. They have Girard, undefeated Girard, this Friday night. And then they have Jefferson Area, who's only won one game in Week 10. So their playoff hopes are going to come down to this week. They're going to need a victory against Girard. Because Jefferson area may get a win this week, but it's not going to be enough in week 10 to overcome anybody ahead of them to make the playoffs. Yeah, and they just took a bad beating to uh, from Hubbard last week. So, um, yeah, it, they start out very strong, but they definitely uh, got to, to get some help and, and finish strong. And, uh, man, going back to South Range, everyone who's from this area knows year in and year out, they put out excellent product on the field uh, they have a great coaching staff the head coach has been there i don't even know how many years uh, but he has done phenomenal they've made the playoffs almost every year for i don't know 10 years uh the only knock on south range is that for some reason they they start so strong and then in the playoffs they have trouble finishing out this year feels a little different for me you know they got their new digs their new stadium which you know, in a new a new uh, uniform, and you know, Tim, you know how how young guys are. When you get things like that, that invigorates a program, and and just having that new stadium makes you play so much better. You're so proud to call that home. You know, so you defend your house, and and this could be the the year, the tipping point for them. And uh, man, they're they're really looking really strong, as you put it when you said how many points separate them from number two so uh they they're looking good moving on in the oh division six region here's the region that matters to us uh this week matt as our game is the mcdonald blue devils hosting the western reserve blue devils and it should be a lot of fun a lot of blue devils on the field and this is a must win for mcdonald Lose, not make the playoffs. Win, have an opportunity to make the playoffs. And if you're Western Reserve, win, you'll probably control your own destiny to make the playoffs in Week 10. Yeah, and two good football programs, two proud football programs. You know, for so many years, whenever I heard Reserve, I did not think of strong football teams. They used to really struggle. Well, now they've had a good coaching staff, a stable head coach for many years now, and they've done really well. They they almost won state a couple years ago and just came up short. And, uh, you know, they definitely had a couple losses this year that they should have, you know, some people thought they might win, but they've pretty much done mostly well the whole season. McDonald, I believe, only has lost one game. And, uh, you know, they're coached so well as well. Um, they played. It's going to be a great game Friday night. 
yeah, they play well and, and they usually make the playoffs. But as you said, you know, they're in that position where unless they, they win this week, it, it will be really difficult for them to make it. So I'm looking forward to it because with so much on the line, you're going to see a lot of good football play and great hitting. Well, here's an interesting thing. I mean, I was just looking at the Western Reserve Blue Devils schedule. Uh, their losses come to South Range, which is not a big surprise. South Range is 8-0, and and came in week number two of the season. And their other loss came to Springfield. Springfield's 5-3 and three this year, and they lost 40-14 to 14 two weeks ago to them. That was a, a kind of a surprise Maybe not a surprise that they lost, but how bad they lost that game. It just was not their night uh, a couple Fridays ago. And it's going to be a huge game in McDonald as Western Reserve comes in at, let's see, let me double check here, number five on the computer rankings in this. And McDonald comes in outside looking in at number nine. So the winner of this game most likely has the inside track to make in the playoffs. That is how important it is. I'm not sure Western Reserve could survive if they don't win and then win week 10. Um, it, it will be really close to see what if they make it or not if they lose to McDonald. McDonald must win in the same vein as, as West Reserve. This is a must win. This is their rival game. This is what they, you know, these two schools wait for all season to play. You mentioned, uh, you know, how Ursuline, if you win this game against Mooney, you know, all, all sins are forgiven. Well, uh, same scenario here for these two smaller schools. And uh, it's going to be a big, important game for both uh, Blue Devils as we have the McDonald Blue Devils and the West Reserve Blue Devils. Yeah, it's funny how you get the, the same mascots with big games involved. Last week it was the matchup of the Bulldogs with Lakeview and Poland. And like you just said, we got the Blue Devils this week. So, with, like I just said, with so much on the line, Tim, I think we're going to get most likely another good game this week. So I'm really looking forward to Friday. All right. And just a reminder, you can catch us on the radio at Z104 here in the Valley and around the world at oldiesz104.com. That is word oldies with Z104 at the end.com. Just click on the listen live and you'll hear Matt and I next Friday night. Pre-game starts at 6.30 and kickoff is at 7. And why I'm thinking about it, Matt, let me go one more division here. And this is Division 7, Region 25. And this is uh, the JFK region and also Valley Christian, uh, two local teams that have a chance to make the playoffs still. Believe it or not, JFK is ranked number seven in the region with a 5.6269 record or a computer uh, ranking, and they have a three and five overall record. They can finish five and five and make the playoffs if they can win out. Yeah, um, you know, that's because they have a, a good schedule that they play. The wins that they've had this year were quality wins, and the teams they've beaten have been winning games that obviously give them that good secondary point. Uh, they're very well coached, and, you know, we both know, yeah, they're a little bit down, but, you know, part of what happens when you have a state champion, a defending state champion, is you get the best 
from every team you play week in and week out, they play on a different level. They have because you have a target on your chest because you were the state champ and everybody wants to beat you. Well, if they make it to the playoffs and they get in that division seven, they could really make a run. And, and who knows? I mean, they could possibly, you know, win a second state championship. So, uh, you know, good luck to Jeff Bayek and his staff. Well, there's no doubt they're going to be rooting. I know the Eagles from JFK will be rooting for a champion to get a victory, LeBray to get a victory, and Crestview to get a victory, as that will add to their second-level points. Those are the only three victories they have, and those are the only schools that really matter if they go out and win in Week uh, 9 and 10. JFK faces Villa Angeles St. Joe's on the, and in the following Friday they got St. Thomas Aquinas, so – they do have their work cut out for them. Just above them, though, uh, before we get to Valley Christian, is a team from Trouble County that we don't talk about. And you and I, probably honest, I know of them. I don't know much about them. I've only been there a few times in my uh, career covering high school football. But the Wyndham Bombers uh, come in of 6-2 and two and are currently number six in the region. And the Bombers this week, let me tell you in a second here, they take on Shocker from Cleveland, and they got Pine Tuning Valley to end the season. Both those two teams are 2-6. and six. So uh, the Bombers are going to have a chance to be maybe a surprise team to make the playoffs this year in Troll County. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just like you said, and, and I mean no disrespect, uh, I really know nothing about when, um, you know, it's about a half an hour from here. The one thing I do know about it, ironically enough, is my wife, Stacy teaches baton. She has her dance studio, Shining Stars Dance Baton, and she has a twirler from Wyndham High School. So, ironically enough, <laughs> that's how I know about them and right. where they are. And she had been telling my wife that their team is actually doing okay this year. So, um, yeah, I, I would like to see any team from this area, regardless if they're farther and we're not familiar with them, uh, do well and represent us in the playoff system. No, there's no question. There's uh, one other uh, team to talk about, and that is from Youngstown, Valley Christian uh, School, the Eagles. They currently could make the playoffs if they went out. They have a, a tough road, though. They got Mogador this week, who's number one in their region, in, in Division Six, Region 21. Uh, and they have Crestview, who's one in five, who's not played a lot of games, is their final game of the season. So it's going to be an uphill battle for them, but they definitely have a chance. They're four and four in the region and just surprise a few people and, and slip into this playoff picture, especially if they can get the win this week. A tough road, but uh, maybe it's possible that they could get the victory and, uh, and continue on this season. Yeah, I, I've been proud, actually, of Valley Christian this year. They've been struggling for quite a while, and they've had some signature wins this year. They're doing okay. Uh, it seems like maybe they're improving each year, and, and I hope that they can get better and better because they get talent in, in that area. So um, I'm happy to see that. And, you know, as you said, the huge game against Mogador, if some way they could win that, that would be monstrous. And then having a team – uh, in Crestview, who quite usually is has the opposite kind of record, so they're extremely uh, 
in, in uh, low spirits right now. They're struggling so, so badly. I did not know how bad they were until you told me right now. Um, but, you know, that's a, a, a possible win for them. But you can never take each game lightly. Each team will play up to their best ability, especially when it's the last game of the year. And, you know, I want to say real quick, um, Niles McKinley High School is having a very difficult season. Um, they're, they're winless right now. But as you and I were talked about Thursday night when they were playing Howland, they have two games left. And the two games that they have, each team has only won one game this year. So it is very possible that those kids at Niles could possibly not get one, but maybe two wins to finish out the season. And how important that would be for those kids to, to get to feel what it's like to win and, and send those seniors out on a positive note and bring all those young kids, which comprises of basically 90% of the team, uh, back into the following year, you know, on a high note and, and ready to, you know, turn things around. So just a little shout out of good luck to the Dread Dragons. No question about it. Love seeing uh, teams get off the snide and, and actually, like you said, move forward and have some momentum. And uh, you know what? It's, it's a proud community, Niles, who's uh, watched a lot of football in their in their days, and uh, they, they won a state championship back in the 60s. And you know what? It is is a big important part of that of that community. And let's let's hope the best, not just for the kids, but for everybody involved, because it's tough when uh, things just don't go your way. And uh, like you said, they got a couple weeks left, and they have two really legitimate opportunities to uh, get on the uh, on the win column. And let's hope that happens. If you look at uh, we turn the page down to the NCAA, Matt. As a Division One, uh, the big upset this week came Thursday night as Syracuse came away with a three-point win over Clemson, number two ranked team in the country, twenty-seven twenty-four. Yeah, uh, you know we uh, talked about that game the other night, and I was just absolutely blown away that Syracuse knocked them off, and you know that that shows you that you can never. Um, take teams for granted. You've got to play every game, you know, like it is a national championship. And everybody, again, here you are, Clemson Tigers, number two ranked team in the, in the nation. Some saying they should be number one before this. Uh, their quarterback playing basically the same way as uh, uh, Watson did. Yeah, uh, Watson was last year. Uh, they weren't missing a beat, and I think he was actually injured going into it, and then he got even more hurt in the game. So uh, a huge win for Syracuse. Um, people were shocked. The nation was shocked. Uh, yeah, it was 27-24, but a loss is a loss, and you know Syracuse wasn't did not have any ranking at all. And then right after that game, uh, the next night, Cal not only beats – number eight Washington State who I said well I thought was without a doubt probably the best team in the Pac-10 um, they beat them 37 to 3 and just throttled them and I have to admit I did not see that one coming I was shocked I'm sure everybody was shocked at that one too um, so uh, you know two huge losses 
and uh, also I believe drinks there, I guess, for yeah. Clemson and uh, Washington State, you know. And then uh, <laughs> did I? I'm looking for the score right now, Tim. Did Washington win or lose? They were losing when I was watching it the other night. Washington lost to Arizona State. There you go. 13 to 7. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching that. Number five that went down? Yeah. Yeah, number five. So that's part of the reason why uh, Penn State has moved into the number two spot. You know, everyone's loss is your gain. And uh, they definitely are a team that looks uh, so strong right now. You know, some people are saying nobody. I don't think anybody can compete with Alabama. I disagree. I think there are teams that can compete. Uh, you know, no one gave Ohio State a, ch- a chance against them in 2015 when we won this, the national championship and and not only beat Alabama, uh, Alabama, but very well kicked their butts in that game. And, uh, you know, I was really blown away by how well they came back and played. So don't sleep on – Penn State, don't sleep on Wisconsin, who was under the radar and strong. Uh, the Big Ten has definitely got some good teams coming on strong at the right time. Uh, I agree. It should be a lot of fun to watch as the, uh, this continues. You know, I was just, as you mentioned, there was some, I mean, these upsets this week are there. Of course, you know, Alabama won, which is not a big surprise. Georgia won. You know, these uh, these are games I think were, were most people expected. Uh, Wisconsin defeated uh Purdue is, is playing pretty good football this year. I know they're three and three, but Purdue has uh, really improved their program um, this season, and that was a tough notch game as uh, the Wisconsin, you know, got out to the seventeen points in the first half and hung on to win that game, uh, you know, seventeen nine in the Big Ten. So that was a big win there for Wisconsin, who's now six and zero on the season. Yeah, I, I have. We were talking, you and I and Anthony, at, at dinner after the game Friday night. Uh, we talked about teams under the radar, and, and I said, Wisconsin, people better watch out. They're sneaking up on everybody, and everyone's talking Penn State, and Ohio State's looking so strong. They had a monster win against uh, Nebraska. JT Barrett, I think, had seven touchdowns. Uh, he seems like he is just getting better and better week in and week out. But, um, you know, another program that is starting to really do better over the years is Indiana. And they, uh, a year or two ago, uh, came down to, I think it was two or three overtimes with Michigan and came up on the short end of the stick. And they only lost 27-20 to Michigan the other day. And, um, you know, Michigan, in my opinion, you know, they've got the number one ranked defense in the nation. Um, I'm not just saying this because I'm an Ohio State guy. I just think Michigan is overrated. I think Ohio State and Penn State are gonna are gonna take care of business with them. I think the Big Ten is gonna come down to uh, Wisconsin, Penn State, and Ohio State this year. You know, the team that may have the the glass slipper this year, the Cinderella story. You know, who's making that comeback? It'll be ranked back in the top ten this week. Is the the U, um, the University of Miami, coming away with a big victory again at the last oh, moment yeah. as they came away with the win over Georgia Tech. I mean, just a phenomenal game back and forth uh, between those two schools. I enjoyed that one the most this weekend. I thought it was a great game. And I, I'm excited as a football fan and college football fan to see Miami back in the conversation. 
Uh, me too, Tim. And you know what? I've always been a big Mark Rick fan. Him and his wife, my wife and I connected with him because like my wife and Stacy, my wife Stacy and I adopted. Mark Rick and his, his wife adopted as well. So uh, we got a connection through that. But I've always had a immense respect for his football knowledge. I mean, the guy... You know, year in and year out, like Bo Pelini in Nebraska had nine and three, ten and two seasons, but it wasn't good He's enough. Always winning. Right. And they got rid of him while well, he went to his alma mater where he played football, the U, Miami. And immediately they are playing lights out football. They are definitely one of the best ACC teams. And right now they might be the best. Um, so they're playing great. And I'm happy to see it because. My Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who I will see uh, not this week, but the following week at uh, South Bend play another team that I said everybody better watch out for is a sleeping giant in North Carolina State who is playing phenomenal football right now. And it might come, the ACC might come down to those two teams, Miami and North Carolina State. North Carolina has, State has probably the best defensive line in the country. Their uh, lineman Chubbs, who is the actual cousin of the amazing running back from Georgia, Chubbs, um, they're playing great football. Their defensive backfield is just ridiculous. So uh, I'll get to see them play Notre Dame in a great game. And, you know, when Notre Dame and Miami are doing well, I, they used to call that, you know, they had the – Catholics versus the convicts back in the early nineties. And what a great series that was. So I'd like to see that get rekindled. Oh, there's no question. I think uh, it should be a lot, a lot of interesting matchups potentially coming forward, but I agree with you about North Carolina state just playing terrific uh, football. They're six and one. Now they beat Pittsburgh is now two and five. Uh, I mean, it wasn't even a close game. 35, 17. Mark Rick is done with Miami. He's, he's brought that chip back to their shoulder, you know, and uh, they they have that that swagger back in Miami. Miami needs that swagger. I yeah. mean, you expect Miami to have that swagger. And you know what? Maybe the ball bounced their way on that one play down the you know late in the ball game where uh, he hit the receiver off the his you know underthrew him and he kind of popped it up and went off his helmet and came down with it. You know to help uh, get with the field goal at the end of the game. But you know what? Some teams are just have that destiny feel. And they, they, you know, they'll come up with the big play that you don't always expect. I think Michigan State a few years ago had that, that feel. You know, they just had that ability to, to win games when you least expected it. Like when they played Michigan with a punt, you know, what absolutely where well, you never expected, you know, the snap yeah. and everything will go crazy. And next thing you know, it's the last play of the game and, and it falls into the end zone for the touchdown. It was the most amazing ending of a game. I'll always remember that one. Yeah, you know, it was a miracle win, but you know what? You're that's college football. That's what makes it fun. Is you want to see those type of teams, and you know, I mentioned it last week, and I'll mention it again this week. I think you know the Penn State interesting matchup coming up here against Ohio State. That's going to be a top ten you know matchup when it comes about, and it is uh, season on the line for both teams, just kind of like last year, as Penn State went under the radar all season long, and maybe even got overlooked you know, in the playoffs where Ohio State went to the playoffs and they didn't, though they won the Big Ten. This year, you can see that chip on their shoulder. They have something to prove. 
They want to prove to, to not just to the world, but to everybody in college football that, you know, Penn State's back. Yeah, you know, that school has gone through a lot since the scandal with uh, Sandusky and, and Joe Pa and uh, how horrible some of those things that occurred at that school. But, um, you know, it's nice to see that it didn't take them decades to get back to prominence and they're playing well. And, and uh, that's going to be a monster game. You know, some people said they should have made the playoffs, and you can argue that with how bad Clemson beat Ohio State, but Clemson won uh, the national championship. And, you know, Penn State, I was upset about it. I watched the game. They should have won the Rose Bowl, and they blew it against USC. Um, you know, but going back to, like, what you were saying, Tim, about, like, Miami with how they got that that pass and, and uh, you know, it's it's kind of like Michigan State, Michigan with the punt and looking at uh, how exciting those ended and going back to when Cordell Stewart threw the pass against Michigan to win that game, the Hail Mary. You know, luck sometimes is, you know, because of great preparation and you just finish out in amazing ways. So uh, there's teams that are just playing lights out and college football really is that magic kind of, you know, plus of high school. It's just still got the pageantry, pageantry, the bands, the smells, everything is so great about it that, in my opinion, you lose in the pros. But, um, you know, it's a great thing. And I have to mention real quick, another game that really blew me away was uh, two games was the Oklahoma-Texas Red rivalry game was right. really a great football game. Tom Herman's doing wonderful there. I think Texas is definitely on their way back to becoming a power. And then I was actually a little surprised, but, you know, I, not to a, a high point because it's, it's a good school program and has history. Uh, LSU knocked off Auburn as well in yes. a 27-23 matchup. And, you know, Auburn – Definitely has one of the best teams in the, in the country right now. But uh, LSU, I think, you know, their backs were against the wall. Um, Ed Ogeron, people were calling for his head already, that he should be fired. And their team stepped up and they had his back. And what a better way to make a statement than to knock off Auburn, which some were saying might be the second best team in the SEC right now. And real quickly, just because – it matters to both of us and to our friend Anthony. Our Penguins uh, fell in overtime Saturday night. It was a uh, a winnable game. Unfortunately, things didn't go their way in overtime. And uh, you know what? This team's lost a lot of close games this year. And it's going to be a character builder. You're going to find out what they're made of the rest of the season because I think each coach and member of that, uh, of that program got to be thinking that truth of the matter is if they played – every down the way they hope to play, they probably could be undefeated right now. And that's not a stretch. Yeah. I, I was heartbroken to see the way that game ended. Um, I was supposed to go to the game. They honored my 92 team there at halftime with the 97 uh, national championship team. Um, I didn't make it cause you had mentioned, you know, when I talked, I have a foot issue and uh, I watched a game from home and, when I saw that they were tied, I had stepped away for a little bit and they were tied uh, and they lost it, especially when 
Coach Pelini called that timeout and the kid yes. missed the field goal. I know. I felt I, terrible. I just, oh my God, I was sick. I know. I said the oh, same wow. thing. I go, that just that just gives him like that that mulligan that everybody hopes. You I know, knew the kick would make the second one too. You yeah, knew he was going to make it, and they, like you said, they've played great, Tim. I mean, they should have beat Pitt. They barely lost to South Dakota. We would, if they would have beat South Dakota, game day would have been in, in Youngstown for that North Dakota State game, and they just came up on the raw end. And you know what, though, last year they had some losses like this. And they turned it on at the right time, and they went to the national championship. So, like you just said, it's a character builder. And if they handle this the right way, they could end up going back in this year winning. I agree with you because, yeah, I mean, one of the things that I'm most impressed with the YSU Penguins this year is Mays. I mean, he's the backup quarterback, and he's come into a scenario, and he has performed well. And he's led this team. And, yeah, they've come up a little short in the last two weeks. But, you know, that that depth, that quarterback, we've seen it last year going into the playoffs, how important it was. And, you know, now they're talking that Wells will be back here next week. So it's just the depth that they have. And they're going to need both of them the rest of the season. There's no question in my mind how important both Wells and Mays is going to be to the Penguins' success as they move forward. Yeah, I, I hope that, you know, you have a situation right now that's kind of shaky, Tim, because he, you know, Wells is playing so well, and then if you put um, May or Mays is playing so well, and you put Wells back in, you know, it could it mess up how well they're playing together. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see. You know, they also have Northern Iowa next, I believe, who has really been a thorn in the side of the Penguins for many years. Um, they they have traded with them, but you know I, I believe the overall record uh, the the uh, Northern Iowa team has has it up on them and in, in all time. So uh, this would be a monster win for them to you know bounce back after last week's heartbreaking loss and beating a huge rival of theirs. There's no question. It's, uh, move on to the NFL and uh, let me get this off my chest. You know, in fantasy football, if you're familiar with it, there's a theory when you go to the draft board and you do your draft to have what they call zero running backs, meaning that running backs are devalued in the NFL. You can find one later. You don't have to use a first or second round pick in fantasy football to find your running back who will do very well for you all season long, and you'll find them in rounds three, four, five, six, and you can load up then on that position. Well, the Cleveland Browns got to get back, get get over the theory that zero quarterbacks works in the NFL. Three quarterbacks on this pro, on that team, and not one of them, as this moment speaks, is an NFL quarterback. Uh, Kaiser's too young, and this is my my biggest concern about him. I understand he's probably the most talented one that you have. Hogan probably can play in the NFL, and it will be a quality backup most of his career, but. I don't see him as a future of the Cleveland Browns. And Kaiser, well, I mean, Kessler, I mean, Kessler is what he is. That's why he's not dressed this year. Uh, he didn't win a game last year. He doesn't have the arm strength for the NFL. You just can't win. You can't be competitive in ball games without a quarterback in the NFL. Zero quarterbacks just doesn't work. Um, Kaiser long-term may prove to be a quality quarterback, 
but with very little receivers around him and offensive line that's still gelling, uh, running backs who are one third of the NFL starting running backs, it's difficult to win ball games. I don't care who's behind center or who's taking the snap and shotgun. You can't do it without experience. And, you know, when they did win, they've had some experience at quarterback. I'm not saying they won a lot of games, but when they did, they had some experience. And I just team's going to move forward without finding somebody off the heap who could come in and at least be a backup and help Kaiser learn the game and possibly play a few games in front of him for he can learn. I mean, the only guy available is Kaepernick, and it's absolutely insanity that that guy can't find a job and the Browns don't have a quarterback. Yeah, I feel bad for the Browns right now. Um, you don't have a quarterback that has ever won an NFL game right now at the moment. And like you said, if you don't have a guy at backup who – can at least help Kaiser along to learn what it is to be a pro quarterback. Uh, you know, he is not getting that just priceless information that the majority of these young guys do. And so as he moves on, he's going to be behind where you normally would be at other franchises. Um, I feel really bad for the, for the Browns right now. You know, they came up against one of the better teams today in the Texans. Um, who lost J.J. Watt a week ago, monstrous loss for them. But, uh, you know, I, I was watching my Steelers today and I saw what happened to you guys and, and I just, you know, felt really, really horrible for you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, I just keep waiting for that week to come where I'm going to go, oh, wow, the Browns finally got their first win of the regular season. You guys did so well in the preseason. I, I really thought everything was going to be different than it is right now. So uh, it's still a lot of football left to be played. I just hope things can at least be salvaged a little bit for you. I do want to say one more thing about the Browns besides what I said about the Corvax. And this is, I, I think, the scenario they're in. They have it. Hugh Jackson, a, a head coach. I'm not saying change coaches. I, you just you think they've done it so often, you just can't do it. However, I think he at times acts like he's too smart for the NFL. That I'm going to outsmart every defensive coordinator out there, and that's a wonderful theory in life as an offensive, play, you know, coach. But you don't have the horses right now. You don't have the players. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta roll it back to you know if that's your A level game. And I have no problem with it if you have A players around you, but you don't. You probably got, you know, B's and C's right now. You need to draw it back. And on third down and two, you don't throw a, you know, 35-yard pass downfield. You're going to have to run it with your running back and hope that he gets that, that those two yards and your offensive line can move someone off the, off the scrimmage to get it. You got to play smash mouth sometimes to win football games and the – quite honest with you to milk the clock and, and shorten the game a little bit for you. Your defense can get some breaks. They're on the field way too much. It's just, it's a frustrating thing to watch week in and week out. You know, Hugh Jackson has been the head coach now for one year and six games. And I'm, I had high expectations for him because I loved what he did as an offensive coach. I like what he did as the one year in Oakland as a head coach. I just think right now he's, needs to recognize the talent that he's working with and I hate to say it you just gotta you gotta reel it in a little bit you cannot be what you want to be right now because you just don't have the horses 
the players to, to, to pull it off. He just doesn't have it. The receiving court is just not that good. The offensive line has, you know, so I think is the best part of the Browns. So you, you have to use it and run the ball. You may not have the best running backs, but you're going to have to find a way to get those three to five yard runs. And, you know, especially on, on third down and do something about it. You know, you just, I, I look at it. I just shake my head. I just, to me, it's just, it's common sense. And I don't see it out of him. And it's frustrating me because he needs to grow as a head coach too. The Browns as players have to get better, but the coaching staff has to get better along with them. Yeah, I, I absolutely. Tim. I mean, uh, last year the Browns had a decent running game and they played good running defense. So uh, they need to get away from always pitching that ball as far as they can down the field. Don't yam it, just run it. Uh, you you got, like you said, a good offensive line. You know, the way they got to look at things right now, as you're saying, over and over is is when you got BC talent, you can't run that kind of offense that you have, you know, that's for a, you know, sports car, let's say. Right. You got to bring it down right. to another level, and you look at it through the eyes of a high school coach who has, you know, okay, this is the group of boys I got this year. They're not the biggest, the strongest, or the fastest. So, what can I do with what I got and do the best with that talent? I'm going to have to change it to this. And that's all he really needs to do. He's overthinking it, like you said. He's just, I'm so smart. I'm going to try and figure out. Well, no. Just go back to basics. Try and just play regular smash mouth, smash, bleh, smash mouth football, and, and you know I think things will turn out better for them in, in the long run for the rest of the season. You just like you said, man, they just don't have the guys to do what he's trying to accomplish at the moment. So I hope you know he he realizes that for you know not just the players' sake, but for the fans' sake, and and uh, you know. They deserve to know what it's like to win some games. I'll tell you what. My hat's off to the New York Jets. Uh, they gave New England everything they could today. Uh, I'm not a big Jets fan at all. Never have been, never will be. But uh, that team has played better than their record, and they continue to surprise people each and every week. Uh, you know, I think there's just a situation what we're talking about. The talent rose to the, the occasion for New England, and they, you know, came back and won that game 24-17. But, you know, that first half, I thought the Jets just played, you know, out of their minds. You know, late in the first half, they got that touchdown pass to Gronk to tie the game up. But I tell you what, uh, the New York Jets, to me, is a team that is trending in the right direction. They may not be winning every game, but they're trending in the right direction. Yeah, and, you know, the, the city of New York is struggling right now. Uh, New York, New Jersey, with what's happening with the Giants. And uh, it's good to see the Jets, who have really been a doormat for the last five years, are, are playing well. And they definitely had their opportunities to beat the Patriots today. They just, you know, came up shy against one of the elite teams. And, uh, you know, I think the Patriots, you know, everyone knows they're not the team that they were last year either. So, um I think, like you just said, you called it perfectly. They're trending in the right way, and they uh, they played pretty well. And, um, you know, there were some some good games today. Aside from that, uh, I'll save my Steeler game till the end. But I was really impressed today with 
the Vikings winning 23 to 10 over their rival, the Packers. Uh, I was really uh, very enthused about how well their defense played, uh, shutting down Aaron Rodgers, and, and their offense looked strong. And, and uh, wow, what a, what a signature win for them to beat their hated rivals. I agree. And, you know, that's, that's what you want to see, you know, in the NFL. You want to be able to beat teams that you need to beat, you know, divisional rivals and stuff like that. It's just – that's what it's all about. And if you can't do that, then you, you – unfortunately, you become like the Cleveland Browns, you know, swimming, you know. Uh, how long can you tread water? Unfortunately, the Browns don't tread water. Okay, I'll, I'll get off them. Too easy to hit. Um, Miami Dolphins, though. Got to give credit to the Miami Dolphins. It's oh, another yeah. team, I think, you know, kind of up – up and down, but uh, they the last two weeks played a lot better. Uh, last week, their defense really won the game for them. Today, I think it was a total team effort. Their defense came through again as they defeated you know a team in Atlanta who you know tr- last uh, couple of years have been a high power offense. They held them to only seventeen points. Yeah, I mean that's a very big win. They need it as a franchise. Those people in Miami are huge fans of their team. They they support them well, even when they're bad. And it's nice to see these teams that struggle starting to do better. Uh, you know, right now, as of today, the Dolphins are three and two, just like the Falcons are. Who, like you said, I mean they're one of the best, better teams in the NFL. They're in the Super Bowl last year. My opinion should have won the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm not going to go over that one. I feel like there was some funny business going on in that game. But, uh, yeah, Dolphins are playing well. And uh, uh, a shocker to me I didn't expect was uh, the Saints and the Lions, where the Saints have been playing really well. They came in at 3-2, and and the Saints came in at 2-2, and and the Saints beat them 52-38. So uh, that was really a a good football game and a shocker. Shows you, man, the NFL, there's parity, man. You've got professional football players on each team, and these guys know what it's like to win and what it takes to beat. And any given Sunday, that's where that that phrase comes from. Somebody will will knock off ones you don't expect. You know, most NFL games come down to about with a seven-point margin, and you can see it in the scores today. You know, there are a few that are, you know, got into shootout like New Orleans did with, with Detroit. You know, 52 points is just ridiculous. You don't see that very often in the NFL, and that's just – but that's New Orleans. You know, Drew Brees, when he's on, you just – it's tough to really do anything about it. You know, he, he can put points up, and I think, in his sleep when he's really quarterbacking at his level. And, you know, I tell you, another team that I thought got a huge win this week after trending the wrong way the last few weeks, they made the big trade this week, picking up Adrian Peterson. And look what Arizona did to Tampa Bay. They won 38-33. And uh, Adrian Peterson looked like the player that he was three years ago. Uh, I think he rushed for 100 yards and two touchdowns and was the really – that back they missed since uh, Johnson went down with the injury. Yeah, their team is set up for a running back like him, which is why they made the trade and New Orleans lost him. You know, the big loss for them is their game. You know, Drew Brees, like you just said, when he's on, he's on. Ever since he was at Purdue, he was something else. But I love seeing uh, 
Adrian Peterson do well. I, I've been a big fan of his ever since the Oklahoma days. And, you know, he's had a couple knee injuries and bounced back, and he's still a boss in the NFL and showing that his years are not over. And seeing him do that today against, in my opinion, a good Buccaneers team who is definitely trending in the right direction as well as becoming a better program. They should have beaten the Patriots last week, and they just came up short on that. So, I was impressed with that. And then one of my favorite games of the day was the rival game between the uh, L.A. Chargers and the the Raiders. And the Chargers came up on top 17-16 in a a barn burner. So you got both of those teams uh, two and four right now. And, you know, who knows which way they'll go. I agree. I mean, that's a big win for the, for the Chargers, and hopefully they'll be able to uh, to build on it. All right, just real quick, shout outs to the to the Bears coming away an overtime victory against Baltimore. That's good for anybody who's an AFC North fan like we are. And Bears uh, are playing. Bears are playing good football right now. They are, and the Washington Redskins coming away with a two point win against San Francisco. Uh, that was a, an important win for that. That uh, that club too, but most importantly, let's get to your uh, your Pittsburgh Steelers. What a game! Uh, they led throughout the game, and I thought you know Roethlisberger played probably his best game in about a month. To be quite honest with you, and he didn't do anything fantastic, but he didn't do anything terrible. I think that was the most important thing. I was so relieved and so happy to see my Steelers playing Steeler football today. You know, you and I and Anthony were talking. Friday night at dinner after the game, and I said uh, that you guys asked who Pittsburgh has, and I said we have the Chiefs at Kansas City, and I said I'm happy about that because we have never lost a game at Arrowhead Stadium. We always play well there. Nobody else does, but Pittsburgh does, and we knocked off an undefeated 5-0 and Kansas City Chief team today, and uh, you know, when everybody's been saying Ben's Ben's lost it, uh, Le'Veon, you know, he 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 was so ridiculous in the post preseason, which he was. He was on fire today. He was running beautiful. The offensive line blocked well. Defense looked great, and I was happy. The defensive backs looked good. Finally, they were making nice picks, stops, breaking up passes. So it was the Steelers of old, and we really needed that win, and Ben needed the confidence to win that game. Now, I think winning on the road for him and putting some of his credits to to bed in a sense that he can't do it on the road anymore, and that's been the biggest uh, criticism for him is, you know, uh, at in Pittsburgh, he's, he's a uh, all-star quarterback, but on the road, he's below average, and – you know, I thought he was a manager today. I think he made the passes when he had to. Uh, I think they relied on Bell perfectly today, uh, and you should. I mean, he's a horse. You gotta, you gotta give the ball to him. He should he be the focus. Of the yeah, and he should be the focus of the offense. And you know, when you have a focus like that, that only opens up an Antonio Brown or a oh. Bryant or whoever else you know that he's throwing to. You know, How about I, that catch Brown made today? Yeah, exactly. That's my point. But I don't think that happens without the play from uh, from Bell. No, it doesn't. You, you, he sets up everything else. So with him missing, 
when he was not showing up and not, you know, he was rusty when he came back, that throws everything off. Like I always like to say, a football team is like a fine-tuned machine. When you have one of those players not playing well or rusty or taken out, it's, it's like taking a cog or a gear right out of that engine and or it's broken and it messes the whole system up and that's what was going wrong and everybody was there today everybody played great and uh like i said they they really needed it and and uh i i'm very happy with that win um so i'm looking forward to seeing how they play you know just mentioning real quick tim i just looked down at my phone i have a live ticker going on uh shockingly the Giants are up 20 to 3 in the third quarter over the I Broncos. Know. I was right just going to mention that myself. It's, wow. it's crazy, isn't it? I think our yeah. friend um, our friend Anthony's having a tough weekend. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for lost. Browns lost, YSU lost. Um, yeah, you know, uh, or, or he's a Steeler fan, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, he's a Bronco fan. That Broncos, Broncos. That's right. You just you just yeah. said it. I'm sorry, it went over my head. Yeah, he's a monster Broncos fan. Uh, he probably thought, man, we got this 0 and five Giants. Yeah. But hey, it's the pro. Yeah. So anything can happen. Yeah. Real quick, Matt, before we sign off, I just want to remind everybody who may be listening to this now and me. Listen to it later on the podcast. You can find it on RadioMVP.com. But Matt has a radio show from 6 to 7 on WBBW 1240 locally, and you can find it on their app, the 1240 Sports Radio app. It'll be live on Tuesday nights from 6 to 7. And check in, and he'll be talking just football with Matt Emch. Thank you very much, Tim. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I always look forward every week to uh get into that hour it's it's something that doesn't get done often we get to focus on you know what means the most in the in the tri-county area in the steel valley and that's first high school football which is god here second college and we spend a lot of time on those two and we always finish up with a little pro enough at least to to you know important you know happenings of the weekend and and mention the Steelers and the Browns so uh yeah listen on in at 6 p.m on 1240 like Tim said and uh, I'll also be on from 3 to 6 Tuesday with Mark Means and uh AJ um so you know listen on in and and you know let us know how we're doing and call in if you want and uh we'll give the number out during the show thank you and one last reminder if you uh, download this through iTunes, please go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review RadioMVP.com. We need all the ratings and reviews we can get. Uh, the more ratings and reviews we get, the higher we go up in the rankings and easier for others to find us. Very important as we try to grow this. If you have family and friends out there and they're sports fans, recommend our podcast as we have the sports podcast, the Sportsword Show and the football show that we do each week with Matt. So uh, take advantage of uh, Radio MVP. Stay stay informed in your sports and have a lot of fun with us each and every week in each podcast that we bring here on Radio MVP. Again, on iTunes, if you can rate it, review, and 
uh, subscribe. It'd be greatly appreciative. Matt, thanks again for the evening. I enjoyed it, my friend. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Tim. Have a good evening. <laughs>